a Washington Post podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. I'm your host, Lisa Bonos. And since it's June and we're well into wedding season, I wanted to talk a bit about weddings and bachelorette parties and all that fun stuff. Which invitations do you accept and which do you turn down? Do you ever go to the wedding and skip the bachelorette party or vice versa? So to do that, I brought in my colleague, Veronica Tony, whom listeners might remember from our experiment with the professional wingman a few months ago. Very true. Thanks. I was there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Veronica. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Veronica has been to so many weddings, so I thought she'd be great for today. She's also an editor for Soloish. And on the phone, we've got Jen Glantz, who's a professional bridesmaid and has written for Soloish. Hi, thank you so much for having me as well. Now, I've been to my share of weddings, but I think both of you have been to far more. And I was looking at a recent survey from American Express that found that every year the average wedding guest spends more and more to go to a wedding. It's up to $703. That includes travel and hotel, gifts. The study also found that millennials are likely to spend close to $900 for every wedding they attend. As an older millennial myself, I'm feeling that wedding squeeze, and I'm currently turning down like pretty much every out-of-town wedding invite that I'm getting right now. But for one of the weddings I'm skipping this summer, I am going to the bachelorette party, which will be local and probably offer a lot more quality time with the bride than I would have had if I were to fly to Detroit for her wedding. So I wanted to know from the two of you, do you ever find yourself making this calculation of, I can't afford to go to both the wedding and the bachelorette party, or maybe your schedule doesn't accommodate both of them. And if you have your choice, like, which one do you go to? Yeah, so I have been to a lot of weddings. I was trying to total up, and I'm sure I'm missing some friends, but, like, the stat I always give people is, like, in 2011, I went to 13 weddings um, in one year, which includes the wedding, the bachelorette party, the bridal shower, um, day of, like day of getting ready festivities, all of that stuff. So you went to all of those things for for, for I mean, some of them were guys. So for yeah. but for most of the weddings where I knew the bride, that was everything. Wow. So it was it was a lot. Um, and since then, it's been you know three to five weddings a year is kind of where I average. Um, but wow. for me, what I find is that I really love the bachelorette party. And I'm always hoping that the bride will just say, like, come to the bachelorette party. Don't worry about the wedding. (laughs) Um, And because the reason I feel that way is after going to so many and knowing friends, and especially, like, once people move away, the only time you really, I've found, really get to talk to the bride is in that, like, crazy weekend where you guys are kind of doing the shower, you're having fun, you're going out, you're asking them, like, what they're looking forward to and, like, really kind of remembering why you're friends with the bride Mm -hmm. and a lot of times especially like I'm from Missouri there's a lot of like huge weddings where people have invited their entire like hometowns sort of thing um and you can go to a whole wedding and never talk to the bride or groom and just like see them take a photo say like you look great and then done for the end of the night um and then like hope you text them later um and so you know, that's changed a little bit as we've gotten older and weddings have gotten smaller. But still, you know, you just don't get that quality time. And this is such a huge moment in their life. And I do love the wedding, too. But I just, in order to get to, like, spend time with the bride and, like, tell them, like, yeah, I'm so happy for you. I feel like you don't get that quality time all the time at weddings. 
do you ever like for that reason choose mm-hmm. to go to a bachelor party and not the wedding or I have never made that choice to not go because when you ask the bride, a lot of times they feel the opposite way. Yeah. And so especially when I moved to D.C. to work at the Post, you know, I had to make that cost decision. Like, I'm only going to one thing if I'm traveling back to the Midwest. So, and maybe this is me being too nice, but I've asked the bride, like, which would you like me at? Yeah. And they always say wedding. Mm. Um, and so for that reason, I, you know, the bride gets what the bride wants. So I've tended to go to the weddings. What about you, Jen? I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, I'm so, I'm such the opposite. I am so about the wedding and not so much about the bachelorette party. Oftentimes, I'm hoping that I don't get an invite to the bachelorette party (laughs) or that, um, you know, they're okay if if I don't go. And before I became a professional bridesmaid and I was just going to weddings for friends, I often found that because the bachelorette party is so unpredictable and you don't know exactly what's going to happen that weekend or what kind of events you're going to be tossed into, that you end up spending more money on that weekend than you do on the wedding. And I started to notice that I was dropping, you know, hundreds of dollars that, let me tell you, I didn't have on bottle service or strippers (laughs) or, you know, these extravagant dinners that when you split the bill comes out to way more than you ever even ate so I started to find that going to bachelorette parties was something that I really um you know was fearful of and and my savings account was fearful of whereas at a wedding I knew what I was getting myself into and I appreciated that consistency yeah so recently when I had to tell a close friend that I couldn't afford to travel to her wedding but I was Going to the bachelorette party, like, she totally understood. It was also, it's a holiday weekend. Travel gets a lot more expensive when, when you factor that in. But for brides who are, like, less understanding, Jen, do you have any tips on kind of how to handle that from the guest perspective? When other, It might not be money. It might just be you don't want to go. You know, time yeah. is precious, too. And I think it's important that people know, whether you're a wedding guest or a bridesmaid, that you don't have to say yes to everything, whether you're saying no because you can't afford to or you can't take off time or you just don't feel comfortable going to a nightclub for a bachelorette party. But I think if you're going to say no, uh, it's important to let the bride know early on because the closer it gets to the bachelorette party, the more it's a shock and the more her reaction will be disappointed. Um, I think it's very, very important to be honest and let her know the reason why you can't make it, but also have a backup plan of how you're going to make it up to her because in the end you know bachelor parties are a celebration and so are weddings so if you can counterbalance it by saying I, but I'd love to take you out for drinks when I'm in town or I would love to you know do something else I think showing that something else also shows support mm-hmm. and therefore I think her reaction will be a little less disappointed and a little more happy that you're there for her in some capacity well I was like going to say that I think kind of Jen you're right on that like sometimes especially now that I've gone to less of these things um you know doing something especially after the wedding because I've noticed a lot of brides kind of go into like wedding Mm -hmm. withdrawal where they're having all these events and then you didn't make it to the wedding and you know it's kind of fun to say like hey remember I still owe you that drink or something um and or a dinner and do that after that that's kind of been a way that you know, with some of my friends where I haven't been able to make it to one of their events that we've done, both after the, you know, before wedding and after wedding. I think that's such a good idea because, like you said, when the wedding, you know, energy dies down, they're looking for something more. And another idea is if you live long distance and you can't make it up to them in person before or after the wedding, 
send an edible arrangement or send something of package mm-hmm. in the mail that makes them feel special, uh, you'd be surprised a little goes a long way when you're telling somebody you know. Two of my very closest friends got married on the same day on opposite coasts. And obviously, I couldn't be in two places at once, but I made the bride and groom dinner, you know, after the wedding, and we got to talk all about it, and that was fun. Okay, so aside from the costs, there's drama when you get this many women together, oftentimes. Well, guys, there's drama on both parts, That's, I hear. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it's true. Last summer, I planned a bachelorette party for, there were 16 women that were coming, and it was, we ended up staying at the only vacation rental house that we could find in this area that that would fit 16 people. Like, literally, there was only one place where all of us could stay. And after that, I kind of set this limit of, like, if I'm ever planning a bachelorette party again, the invitee list has to be smaller and more manageable in the, like, 10 to 12 women range. But do either of you have stories where just, like, things got too out of hand and somebody had to step in and just say, like, no? I end up being at a lot of bachelor parties where, you know, we have what I like to call maid of honor syndrome happen, where the maid of honor might be the friend's, like, the bride's best friend from childhood, but didn't go to college. And so their time, like, their idea of a good night out is, you know, let's have a slumber party like we used to. And all of our college friends are like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Um, and so, you know, kind of like tampering the friends from all different walks of life and finding like a good balance. And I think that that also comes in play with like how many people there are. Like if you do have 16, like that's really hard to plan like some crazy night out. But it also might be one of those that's good to say like, hey, people stay where you want to stay. We don't have to be together for everything. Uh, that's a good idea. And then pick like different events that people can kind of opt in and opt out of. Um I've had a bachelorette party where that wasn't supposed to be a bachelorette party. Um, A friend of mine decided to have no bridesmaids. Like, she wanted it very simple and just, like, her wedding and all of us to get together. Well, the problem is that people like to celebrate the bride. And so, of course, everyone wanted to do something nice for her. And it escalated into where we were basically planning a huge bachelorette party And people are like, well, I don't know if she wants that, and maybe she does. And so, you know, kind of there was a little bit of drama of trying to figure out the best way to, you know, for all of us to have our fun and celebrate her and show her that we care, but also respect her wishes. And in the end, we ended up having, like, um, kind of, Jen, how you were saying, where we ended up spending way more money. And so there was, you know, that did not help because people had budgeted for one thing and then ended up having to add all of these other costs for this bachelorette party that was last minute sort of surprise. Um, And so I I think that, you know, for the, in that case, what I've warned a lot of brides who are like, I'm so low key, is just like people are going to want to do these things. So, you know, if it's your mother, if it's your best friend, plan for that and then that kind of helps go a long way and you can like control the money part if it's like planning something smaller ask designating a committee to do it or something like that like that would have helped a lot of angry emails and text messages and (laughs) people not talking to each other for some months after if that had happened sounds like quite the experience (laughs) (laughs) Jen do you have do you have anything to add there I've been to my fair share of bachelorette parties that have turned into nightmares, and 
Um, you know, a major thing that I can say is that don't plan too much. You know, there's the bachelorette party where everything is on an itinerary, you know, by the hour. But what happens is that nothing is ever perfect. No weekend, no day is perfect. So when you walk into a plan uh, where everything is totally carved out for you, a lot of people get frustrated. They get upset. Uh, they feel rushed. They can't enjoy themselves. There's a lot of added emotions that go on when everything is totally micromanaged and overplanned. Uh, I think the best way to do a bachelorette party is to do something where there's a lot of freedom, where people can choose their activities, where they don't have to show up by 1 p.m. for lunch, uh, especially if you are incorporating a lot of women. But I've seen disastrous things happen on bachelorette parties, everything from the bride is missing to the bride is um, you know, she sneaks away to her hotel room because she's had enough. Uh, I've seen bridesmaids who, you know, pass out a little bit too early in the <laughs> night. Uh, I've seen bachelorette parties where people get kicked out of clubs for fights. I mean, you have to realize <laughs> that something will always go wrong. Yeah. So don't plan too much. And instead, go with the flow, see what the group is feeling like. Um, but as a maid of honor, don't feel like you have to do it all yourself. Team up with other bridesmaids to get the weekend done and to make it accessible and fun for everyone involved. I feel like every bachelorette party I've ever been involved in with the planning, at least, there's that one bridesmaid that just, like, doesn't respond. Maybe she feels like everybody else has it or, you know, she'll come in at the last minute, like, two weeks after everything's been planned and be like, oh, I don't think we should do X, but not offer any suggestions, right? Obviously, those situations are hard to manage as well. Do you have any tips on sort of, like, bridesmaids communicating expectations to each other? Um, I would say that the most important thing to do is to ask the bridesmaids to share the budget of how much they're willing to spend for the bachelorette party up front. So before you start any planning, ask how much everyone is able and willing to spend. Because if you go to the if you go to the bridal party with a, a plan of all these activities and a cost, people feel kind of offended that you didn't check with them first, especially when it comes to money. But also know, of course, that you're not going to make everybody happy. So if two people are not thrilled about doing an activity okay, fine, but if the rest of the group is having a blast, that's going to work. So don't try to impress everyone and make everyone happy, but make sure you do have a money conversation before you start planning just so that everyone feels included and they also feel like this is something that they can afford uh, and that money is not an issue throughout the whole bachelorette party. It makes sense because it's like when you go and you're planning a wedding, you're starting with a certain amount of money. <laughs> like, why not do the same thing for a bachelorette party rather than having someone at the end be like, wait a minute, this is getting too expensive. I think one thing that I've learned over time, like the first wedding I went to, you know, we were sophomores in college. And so it was very early and everyone's just like planning it kind of like you plan a prom. <laughs> and, you know, we as we've gotten older in the decade plus, um, you know, one thing that we never used to do was involved the bride. And it was always like, let's keep this a surprise to the bride. She's so busy. You know, we don't want to burden her with this part. And my theory has totally changed. Like, ask the bride what she wants. You know, because a lot of times the brides have an opinion. They're planning a wedding. They have thought about this for however long. And it can kind of help some of those things, um, like I mentioned earlier, where, you know, you have different sets of friends who might know the bride at different points in life or have different things that they want to do because they didn't get to do it at their wedding or they always wanted to do this. And so I think that kind of having a someone, if it's, you know, you want to designate one person or, you know, all the bridesmaids ask, but just like being sure to involve the bride because there's so many times that it's like the bride, you know, kind of whispers at the event like, hey, no one asked me about this. 
And, you know, I think that that will save a lot of those kind of discussions or kind of tensions that the bridesmaids experience and save a lot of costs. Because a lot of time the bride does not want to go to a winery, go on a night out, have a fancy dinner, ride a horse and like do all of those things that you might think that she loves and is into in two days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember this last bachelorette I was planning we were going to do it in a certain city. And then, like, before we kind of booked that, I was like, I just want to make sure, is this place, you had mentioned, like, six places you wanted to go that were fair game. Is this one okay? And she was like, actually, no. And, you know, at first I was a little bit miffed, but it was, like, really good to know that at that point um, before we had gone too far in the planning. And, like, you do want to surprise the person, but you also want an, a sense of, like, what they what they're looking for and what they want. Yeah, and you want to give them what you want. You know, a lot of times when I work with brides as a professional bridesmaid, one of their biggest fears and concerns is that they told their bridesmaids, you know, I don't want strippers, I don't want a crazy night out, and they're scared that they're not going to listen to the bride because they want to surprise her and give her that, you know, traditional old-school kind of bachelorette party. But I think it is important to give the bride what she wants. And if she says no strippers, don't show up with strippers. And if she says she wants to go to a spa day, you know, make that the bachelorette party because in the end, it is about what she wants. I'm glad that you mentioned that contrast, Jen, between, like, the crazy night out clubbing and the spa day because I feel like those are the two extremes, right? Those are kind of, like, the cliche bachelorette party options. Are there Mm -hmm. other things that you're seeing people do that are just different and really fun? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I think that the the notion of wineries and spot days and, 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 you know, Vegas, it's so out the window. It's more about being personal, whether it's one night of going bowling or doing a wine and paint night or, you know, having a slumber party like you did in middle school. I think it's more about what the bride's style and personality is. That's what should be matched for the bachelorette party. If she's a homebody, don't throw her into a nightclub because she'll have an anxiety <laughs> attack. You know, if she doesn't like wine, don't drag her to a winery because Pinterest tells you that's cute. Yeah. I think it should be geared toward her personality and do something fun and unique and even childlike if you want. You know, go back to how your birthday parties were in middle school and, and emulate some of that for a bachelorette party. Have you ever um, done a co-ed? I've been to a couple of co-ed bachelor, bachelorette parties, and it kind of, as a bridesmaid in these weddings, it's been hard to plan because you have to include, like, you're not going to a winery or a spa or maybe a nightclub, but probably not with the two of them. And so we have done, like, that bowling or just, like, a big dinner somewhere. Um, But that's one of the things that, like, we've always kind of struggled with is, like, how do you include both genders in this sort of very gendered night. Yeah, I think in that situation when you're trying to include both genders, you know, maybe do something that's a little bit competitive. Hmm. I think competition always spices up the night. So whether it's laser tag or paintball, uh, maybe even like a boot camp. I mean, these things sound kind (laughs) of outrageous, but they're also fun and they're not people just sitting around, you know, cracking open beer cans. They're they're more active. They're more engaging. Um, Girls versus guys, bride versus groom. Uh, I think that that is, you know, a great way to, to celebrate the wedding and also have a fun way of getting the bridesmaids and the groomsmen to bond and get to know each other before with some kind of activity or even competition. 
Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Sort of when you do bring both sides together, then everybody is getting to meet each other before yeah. you're walking down the aisle together. I mean, right? It made for great weddings because we did know everyone and yeah. had like these inside jokes. But the planning of that one, I was like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, you get even more people and opinions involved. What sort of exactly. things did you guys do? Um, we ended up going bowling. And then because I'm from Kansas City, we had a barbecue um, dinner for everyone. And it ended up being really great because a lot of people had traveled in for it and so we tried to do that like the night of and then because it was a full weekend and then the day we split off and they had like guy time and girl time and then we came back together and we did end up going out to a club but you know kind of incorporating both of those things is where we landed on but the planning of that was really hard yeah yeah (laughs) it's sort of like um I don't know, bride camp or something, like bridal party camp. (laughs) Well, Jen, before I let you go, I don't know, do either of you have other things that you think we should talk about? As a professional bridesmaid, like what are people getting with your services? Do you, are you from bachelorette party through wedding or just day of? I have many different packages, but one of them is kind of a full service package where I'm there for the bachelorette party, the bridal shower, and of course on the day of. So I have been to my fair share of bachelorette parties where I am the stranger in the room and uh, I have to make friends with a, with a tight-knit group of people. So, um, you know, one of the things I started to realize this year was I think that it would be really helpful if on bachelorette parties people were a little bit more friendly, uh, break away from the circle of friends that you showed up with and try to get to know everybody because you have to realize, you know, going to a party where you don't know anyone is very awkward. So, um, you know, one of the main things I like to tell people is try to be nice to people at bachelorette parties or even at a wedding who might not know that tight-knit group of friends because that's something that I face, of course, all the time on the job. But even personally, when I go to my friends' bachelorette parties and don't know anyone, uh, I find myself realizing that people only stick with each other and it's always nice to use these parties or these weddings as an opportunity to perhaps make new friends uh, or to break away from your circle of friends. Yeah, every time I go to a bachelor party and meet friends of the bride that I didn't already know, I end up getting to know more about like other sides of her that I didn't know or more about her relationship with the groom that I wasn't privy to cuz like maybe we're long distance but her, you know, best friend from grad school knows all about their first and second dates, you know. So it's always been fun for me to like meet these people that are really close to my close friend and also like I end up learning more about her in the process. Also, in moving around, I found that the friends of my friends are probably going to be my friends. Exactly. And so <laughs> it's been really helpful. Like, oh, we met at this wedding, and I now live in the city, and now, like, you know, we're really good friends. And so, yeah, it helps to talk to other people. I think that's a great point. Thanks a lot for joining us, Veronica. Thank you so much. And Jen Glance. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to both of our guests today, Veronica Tony and Jen Glance. If you're looking to outsource some of your maid of honor duties to Jen, you can find her through her website, bridesmaidforhire.com. If you have some horror stories or stories of super successful bachelorette parties where you didn't lose the bride and maybe even gained some new friends, you can share them with me on Twitter. I'm at Lisa Bonos. And thanks, as always, to our producer, Pamela Kirkland. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.